0: over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand.
1: All the Blackhawks effort tonight, probably there. Cotter Bedard, a lot of chances, seven shots on goal as he led the game, but unfortunately a 5-1 loss to the Detroit Red Wings up in the Motor City. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Hawks post game show. We're taking you up to 9:30 tonight here on 720 WGN radio. We'll take your calls, we'll take your texts 312-981-7200. Get in line because we're heading on back up to the Little Caesars Arena and bringing in our own Troy Murray. He was on the call with John Wideman tonight and Troy, we were kind of saying the same thing throughout the entire game. I, I know you broke it down a little bit more with John, but I, I agree with you. I feel like the Hawks' effort was there today. They they had some structure to their game. They had some, um, like they knew what they were trying to do offensively. It wasn't yeah. quite there, but it, they came in with a plan. They came in organized, and at least you like to see that continue despite the loss.
2: Yeah, they they did a lot of good things. Well, in this game, and and you're right, Joe. They came in with the purpose of getting pucks in deep and getting on the forecheck, and and for the majority of the game, they did that, and they made it tough on Detroit in their own end of the ice. Detroit battled hard. Their goaltender was excellent in this game, but I I thought that the effort was there. They made mistakes, and you know, for Connor Bedard, as as many chances he had offensively, he's got to still shore up the way that he plays, and and for the Blackhawks, four shorthanded goals now on the season. I think uh, that's tied for the second worst in the NHL. So they, they've got to shore that up. And, you, you know, for Connery, he's got to recognize danger. You've got to understand that you've got one defenseman on the ice, and you're the high guy a lot of times uh, in the zone there. So you, you've got to be aware of opportunities that, you know, break out for the uh, opposition team. Uh, but I thought Morazic played well in this yeah. game. He, he gave up five goals, but he, he played well. And, you know, the Red Wings... They battled hard, and, you know, you, you look at some of the plays, a backdoor play that Vlasic, again, you just got to defend it a little bit better. The goaltender's got to trust that that area is going to be taken care of, and it it wasn't on one of the plays. So, so just small breakdowns, but, again, you, you give the Red Wings a lot of credit. This is a good team. I haven't watched a lot of the Red Wings this season, but very impressed with the way that they have their, their depth and how hard they work. And they didn't even have their best player up front, which is Dylan Larkin. And then you add Patrick Kane to the equation. This is going to be a real dangerous team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't mean to to hyper focus too much, but what did you make of Isaac Phillips' game tonight?
2: Um,
1: he he had five shots on goal. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You know
2: what? I I thought that he he he, you know he he I, I thought that he was um more assertive in the way that he played if that's the the word i'm looking for okay. you know he was trying to do some some plays and he was you know there was a purpose and the blackhawks defense have been working on this uh, in all the times in the morning skates in the practice of, of walking and finding the ways to get pucks towards the net and it's the responsibility of the forwards is to make sure that they have traffic there uh, but you know when you look at five shots coming from isaac phillips um you know there's the purpose there and and if he he has a shooting lane you want him to shoot it but i thought he was he pinched down at the right times he made a couple plays that uh, put uh, uh, Kaiser in, in a tough position there's a little given go behind the net and there was really kind of no reason that the forecheck check was coming there and you you make a six foot 10 foot pass into another player that you know you're just putting him in a tough position but I, I like the way that he he approaches the game and I, I think that you know again he's a young guy and he's learning how to play you'd like to be to see him be maybe a little bit more physical because he does have that size but you know again there's there's raw talent there that that needs to be reeled in a little bit and and play within the structure but you know I like this game.
1: Yeah I just remember a a few nights ago talking about the importance of this young defense and how, how that is such a big factor for this team right now because they're relying on so many young players on the defensive side of things um, and just some of the numbers stuck out to me today. So yeah,
2: there's 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 not a lot of experience on, on the back end. You've got four rookies, and yeah, you've got Seth Jones and, and Connor Murphy. You know who I think? I think Seth Jones continues to play a, a real strong game. He was even in this game, and he had three shots in over 23 minutes. So you know he's getting the job done. I think the pairing with him and Velasic very strong when they're on the ice. Um, but then you look at maybe a little bit more inexperience with Kaiser and uh, Phillips and Korchin as far as you know for 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 Vlasic and, and and this is a great example you know Vlasic played the basically the entire year in Rockford and He's a young guy, but pro hockey is, is a different animal. And, and you can learn a lot in the American Hockey League. You've got Korchinski at 19 years of age, coming from junior, stepping up into the best world, or best league in the world. And same with Wyatt Kaiser, a couple games at the end of his season last year after leaving Minnesota Duluth. And and Phillips, who played in the minors last year. And I think Phillips is, is a little bit more of a long-term project, but you know he's getting there quickly. They like the way that he's developed, but you know, if it comes back and, and it's in a position, if Tenority is, is available to play, which he's, you know, in a he's back skating with the team and everything, you know, they've got to make some tough decisions. They've got Nikita Zaitsev, who's a veteran player that hasn't seen a lot of ice time this year. You know, is it better to have Phillips playing here? Do you send him down to develop his game? Right. And, you know, unfortunately for guys like Korchinski, who, you know, maybe you would like to see him go down and dominate in the American Hockey League, but he has to go back to juniors. He can't go down. And Play in the American Hockey League, so that kind of you know puts him in a tough position. Is he you know playing well here? Yeah, at times is he overwhelmed at times. Absolutely, but you know that's the process that they're going to go through here. So you're going to have some growing pains with four, four young guys on the on the blue line. It, you know it's really tough. You look at Detroit's de- defense there I mean, all veteran NHL players basically, and and it showed in their play tonight around the net and how they approach it and how they execute plays out of their own end of the ice. Their positioning. Uh, rarely get, out of, uh, get caught out of position, and they make the right plays.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Detroit is a good example of what the Hawks are trying to accomplish, but it, it's worth noting, Troy, that I feel like their plan has taken a little bit longer than they first expected. It, it is seeming to come to fruition right now, but, but it, it took some growing pains of its own.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I give Steve Eisenman a ton of credit because he, he didn't deviate from the plan. Everybody was talking about he needs to do this, he needs to do that. He's kind of stayed with with what he uh, believes will be right. They do have a nice young core group of guys that probably built around Cider on the defensive end of it. you got Lucas Raymond up front. He's a real good young talent, and you've got, you know, you've sprinkled in, a lot of veteran players, uh, Alex Dabrinkit, consider him a veteran. Patrick Kane's going to come into the fold. Dylan Larkin's been around a long time. They went out and they got comfort, they got copped. I mean, this is a team that, you know, was built to you know, make the playoffs this year. And I, I think it kind of showed in the difference of, of little plays in this game that, that made uh, the big pitcher 5-1 to one for the Red
1: Wings. All right, Troy, I heard you uh, pushed your pizza at night. To uh, Winnipeg, so I, I think we got to let you go no, so you can I, gear I, up for that.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it. it uh, I've got a, a good friend that the, with the Winnipeg organization. I'm going to meet him for lunch tomorrow, and then uh, Blackhawks practice, and then my plan is to uh, have a little Boston pizza. Tomorrow night in Winnipeg.
1: A little Boston pizza in Winnipeg. And it doesn't sound like it gets much better than that.
2: Doesn't get much better than that. There may be a cold brew uh, before that as oh,
1: well. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, no, uh, now now, uh, it does uh, get better. And okay.
2: I'm not saying. I'm just maybe. maybe. <laughs> not, not saying. Just maybe. Okay. <laughs> Could happen. I don't know.
1: Who knows? It's written in the stars if it happens. It's, it's out of our control. <laughs> All right, Troy. Great stuff as always. We'll uh, talk to you in a couple of days from the peg. Sounds good to me. All righty. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call tonight up in Detroit as they fall to the Red Wings. The Hawks do 5-1. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 312-981-7200. I'll tell you what, I'm really excited now for the rematch between these two teams. I, I, I don't think like in a revenge sort of way, but those number retirement ceremonies are always put on so well by the Hawks. It's just such a... It's like a pageant at the United Center. Um, the Marion Hossa one last year was fantastic. Opening night this year was really something. Uh, so I imagine that's going to be amazing, too. Not to mention, Patrick Kane will likely make his return to the United Center for the first time. And I only say likely in case, I don't know, something rough happens, like him... I don't even want to say like an injury or anything like that, but that would be the only reason he wouldn't show because, um, slowly making his return to the NHL and, and joining the Red Wings now after officially signing the contract, uh, over the past day or whatever. But, um, That montage video is going to be something as well. So very excited for that. And I I agree with Troy. I I liked the Hawks' effort in this one. I I understand a four-goal loss doesn't quite justify that, but shots on goal in favor of the Hawks, 35-29. Detroit blocked 15 shots of the Hawks today. Um the hawks had 9 hits compared to detroit's 10 so it wasn't just one of those scenarios where one team is just out-physicling the other team i mean there were good things there were a lot of just missteps i mean i mean i almost like have a note on every single guy not every single guy but a handful of guys of just like little things that ruined an entry or didn't quite finish the pass or did the wrong thing at the wrong moment in time that turned into either a scoring chance or a goal. But Detroit is a good team. I mean, they're now 12-6-3. They know what they're doing, they, and they know how to— their offense is just so smooth, so fluid, and they didn't even have their captain and Dylan Larkin tonight. Now they're getting Patrick Kane. Like Troy said, you got to give credit to Detroit. They played a good game. They took advantage of the Hawks' mistakes. And I would even say that this game was maybe lost in the first period. I mean, the Hawks give up a shorthanded goal. The Robbie Fabry goal that regave Detroit the lead was definitely impressive. I'm sure they caught a little rush after that. And then you go into the second period with a 2-1 lead. Everything kind of falls over in that second period where Detroit picks up two more goals. I I know what You're saying, okay, well then it's the second period where the game is lost. But the Hawks came out with a good jump to begin the game. I really thought they were looking structured offensively, bringing the puck into the wing zone. And then just a a misstep by Bedard defensively turns into the shorthanded chance and then the shorthanded goal by J.T. Comfer. Great to see the Hawks bounce back, get that power play goal. Kind of reminded me of the Toronto game where they're down by two, but yet they have a lot of fight in them to come back. Um, but then a uh, Robbie Fabry move around Wyatt Kaiser. Great move on Mrazic as well to finish the goal. Uh, you got to give him credit there. So Detroit kind of takes the momentum, a 2 1 lead, even though the Hawks outshoot the Wings in that first period. And uh, unfortunately, Detroit just kind of hangs on to that momentum. It sounds like it was a really fun night, Hockey Fights Cancer Night at Little Caesars Arena. A lot of fans there are amped up. Uh, They're getting Patrick Kane. I mean, a lot is going well for Detroit right now. But I think you could could compare the two performances, the two effort levels from these past two games with the Hawks. And it's been a while since we've seen back-to-back good efforts from this team. Obviously, they haven't gotten the back-to-back wins yet. So just seeing the back-to-back efforts, then the base is there. The structure is there. These are the games that we saw more of last year. I think the scoreboard was a little bit closer, but these were the games that we were expecting to see more of this year. And hopefully this is a trend in the right direction. I mean, now the Hawks have played three out of their last four games with a pretty solid 60-minute effort. Um, I just still think you saw the growing pains tonight, and you still saw – where the Hawks need to make their stride and move forward and and improve on different things. Um, give credit to the Wings. Give credit to Alex Lyon. He had a huge stop on Connor Bedard in the third period. I thought this was a great game for Connor Bedard. Not so much. I mean, yes, by Connor Bedard, but the fact that he had seven shots on goal, ten shot attempts total, he won five out of seven faceoffs. He did pick up a point on the Lucas Reichel power play goal, but he was frustrated. I mean, he was showing a lot of emotion out there. And like Troy said, he's he's now kind of in this stretch where he's not being rewarded for his play on the ice in terms of on the score sheet. So that is new to him. That is unique to him. And this is just another showing of growing pains that number 98 is going to have to go through. Um, but I, I thought, I think that's a good thing today because... He did – he created a lot of chances. He created a lot of opportunities, and he was kind of being very assertive and uh, I don't want to say taking the game – taking control of the game on his own, but definitely had that type of intensity and engagement. So that's what you want to see more of. Uh, From the 608 Area Code, Hey Joe, just wanted to thank you for clarifying uh, what us hockey fans were afraid of, that hockey is now a business. Thanks, Texter and Bullingbrook. I was reading that live, so – That's why it kind of caught me off guard. Uh, Yeah, hockey is a a business, and uh, Patrick Kane is a Detroit Red Wing, and uh, I'm sure Hawks fans are frustrated about that, but that's just what it is. If you've got a call, if you've got a text, if you've got a thought, send it our way, 312-981-7200. we got to get to a break. Looks like Luke Richardson is talking with the media. Hopefully we'll get sound from that and uh, play it to you as quickly as we can. Hawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings, 5-1 to one up in the Motor City. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN.
0: Connor Bedard in the left-wing corner, bank pass out to the left point. Korczynski there, long wrist shot, blocked in front. Bedard came along and scoops the rebound. I'll go, turn away, loose puck in front. He scores! Lucas Reichel off of a centering pass that came from behind the Red Wing net from Bedard. It was kind of a mix-up in front of the Wings net. Everybody was poking at the puck. But Reichel eventually grabbed it and shot it home. It's a power play goal, and we're tied at one.
1: The feed by Connor Bedard in that sequence was also pretty impressive. On Twitter, they were calling it a no-look pass, but I, I almost think that his head was kind of turning as the puck was going across his body. But he was in behind the goal line. He fed it up. Uh, a centering pass right at the front of the slot, and I don't know if it was intended for Tyler Johnson, who was actually closer to the goal, or not. But it went right past Johnson. It got to Lucas Reichel's stick, and he immediately was able to put it past Alex Lyon. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks post game show. We're taking you up to 9:30 tonight, recapping a 5-1 loss to the Detroit Red Wings. But we're not. Really discouraged by the Hawks' effort tonight. At least I'm not. Maybe you think otherwise. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or text your thoughts. Um, The goal by Reichel, his second of the year. Both of them have been on the power play. Reichel still continues to have some difficulty just really clicking with his offense. He finished with just one shot on goal tonight. Uh, That lone goal that the Hawks had. He had, uh, as I'm looking really quick, he was a minus two tonight And he won three out of four face-offs, which you like to see. But he is back on the wing on the second line. Um, Just still missing a little bit of a touch. And it's frustrating to see. And it's a little discouraging because, I mean, we're now 21 games in and Expecting big things from Lucas Reichel, but maybe not even go as far to say expecting big things. I mean, let's let's give him credit. He cashed in right away. He did what he was supposed to do. He scored in the power play goal. Um, hopefully, this is a good start for him. This will get him on the right path. Because again, we've talked about the Hawks' struggles all year long. Maybe them as a team starting to figure it out over these past couple of games will help the individual growth of some of the guys we're we're focusing on a lot. I mentioned earlier there were just some. Small circumstances where you could tell uh, the Hawks were just a little bit off, even though, again, like the overall effort in this game, uh, there was a play on Reichel. It was actually right after Connor Bedard got robbed by Alex Lyon in the third period. Uh, Bedard just looked relentless tonight trying to score a goal. Again, led the game with seven shots on goal. But right after that impressive save by Lyon, uh, Bedard settled down the puck, He's on the right wing, and he feeds it to Reichel below the goal line, and it just jumps off Reichel's stick. I mean, those—it's th- a little thing, right? But maybe that's a give and go situation. Maybe that's an opportunity uh, for Reichel to set something up. And then Philip Kuryshev in uh, the second period, right before coming over the blue line, just kind of messed up the entry because he, he he fumbled the puck. And uh, Connor Bedard in uh, the first goal that was allowed. Um, in the first period, on the shorthanded chance, that's what uh, that's what had the Hawks on a problem with, or I should say, that's what put the Hawks in a one nothing hole. And the Isaac Phillips thing, I know I posed the question to Troy, uh, just because it, it felt like an interesting game. He had five shots on goal. Troy was saying he was doing a good job of pinching down low, being at the right spot at the right time. Um, he had the high sticking double minor that allowed Detroit to make it a four goal lead in the third period um, there was a weird occurrence where he's coming down the right wing he's he's kind of got a rough angle and he shoots it online and he just shoots it right at his chest I don't know if that's a situation because he's on the move he's leaning towards his right he can't really get a direct shot that he was hoping for um, but it's just those little things if, if this team is in their stride if this team is streaking I think those things are cleaned up and it just creates a bigger difference for everybody. Uh, we do have some sound from the Blackhawks uh, dressing room. I, I believe it's the head coach Luke Richardson is here to talk.
3: They, uh, I think we gave them their first three goals tonight, and uh, you know, so we were behind that eight ball, and then just chasing uphill after that. You know, I think uh, the guys played the right way the first uh, half of the game, but unfortunately, uh, the goalie really played well. Uh, you know, we got to bear down on our chances, but I think. Um, Giving them, but we we just gave them. We didn't make them work, earn their first uh, three, four goals. Really, like even the power play goal. I think we just got a hold and not let Peter have that shot. Not let anything go into the back door. Going back to square one with trying to
4: consecutive wins here. How deflating is it where you finally get a win and then you know you can't build on it?
3: Yeah, I think it more. It's just that frustration uh, of not trying to get or, or, or trying trying to, but not getting uh, consecutive wins. I think you know to get on a bit of a streak, get in a roll, feel like we're playing well. And, and then you know just adding little pieces to it where we're kind of picking up pieces right now uh, after every loss. And, then, and we rebound pretty good. Uh, you know, I give the guys the really good credit for uh, you know, playing hard and, and rebounding. But you know, it's uh, to the point of the season that we got to try and make some ground. And, and making ground means not always just in the standings but in our own play. And I think we have to be consistent. And we haven't done that yet this year. So that's the one thing that we have to work on. And, you know, we're on the road. Uh, we can play simple and, uh, you know, try and hard work the other team right into the ground and, uh, and hopefully get a few bounces. You know, like a couple of theirs, even their uh, last power play goal, the shot rebound was right on their stick, and we're, we're looking for one of those. I think we got one last game with Boris, five on five, but, uh, you know, we, we'd love to grab a few bounces, but uh, you got to work for them.
5: Connor Bedard's frustration was pretty noticeable. Is that something you try to manage, or you just
0: kind of give him
3: some space with that? Yeah, no, I don't really see it linger. So you know, he looks fine the next shift. I think uh, guys that get frustrated and you feel them frustrated and they give up on the play in the next shift. I don't see that. I think I think when he gets to the bench, he gets a little frustrated, but he seems to be pretty composed when he goes back out for the next shift. So I'm fine with passion, and and you know, as long as it's not disrupting the team and yourself in your play.
4: Tyler Johnson seemed pretty fed up with the power play struggles and we obviously asked you about the power play this morning and it seems like your advice to them makes sense but is there some kind of challenge that's preventing you guys from going from talking about the right things to actually doing them?
3: You know I think maybe there is just a little bit of tentativeness there and the other teams probably you know smell that out and they they take it to us Uh, but you know what the only way we're going to do it is uh, to work a little harder move the puck quicker I think sometimes we just hold the puck and look for the perfect play and uh, you watch other nights when the teams do it right, they move it quick and shoot the puck and they recover rebounds instead of chasing things down the ice and uh, bad things happen. So, you know what, we can't work on it really anymore, but I think we've got to work on it smarter. And even the last few days of practice, I think we've been moving the puck quicker. Uh, it, has to tra- it has to translate into the game, though.
1: I appreciate what Luke Richardson had to say about Connor Bedard's emotions being uh, very visible on the ice tonight. A lot of people are making a lot out of it on the internet already. Um, but I think Richardson's message is consistent because he has said before that even though Connor Bedard shows his emotion, he's he's got a quick memory about it or, or a short-term memory, I guess, um, because he doesn't let it carry over to the next shift. He did seem frustrated tonight. I'm not doubting that. I'm not trying to ignore that truth. But, um, but I, I agree with him. I mean, he finished with seven shots on goal, so it's not like it affected his play. And then the other thing Luke Richardson said was that it's not disrupting the team. It kind of reminds me of his philosophy he said at the beginning of last year in terms of players taking penalties. And if the penalty is warranted, in Luke Richardson's eyes, if if they do it for the right reason, he's okay with it. But if, it's, if they commit a penalty because they're not in the right positioning or, or they're trying to make it up and slow down an opponent, something like that. He's not a fan of that. So I think that kind of falls under the same realm about Bedard. And listen, I I get the easy thing to make an assumption about. He's an 18-year-old kid. He's fresh into the NHL. He shouldn't be acting like that. I I don't don't buy that just yet, though. Um, Even when we talk to him after games, after morning skates, he's always pretty calm and collected. Um, he's, he's definitely seemed maybe a little irked here and there, but honestly, I don't blame him. Um, but until it becomes like a real problem, I don't think it's, it's much to worry about. Our buddy Devin in Payless Hills calls in 312 7200 If you'd like to join us, call or text. And, uh, all right, Devin asked me a question who the biggest surprise of the Hawks, uh, on the year for the Hawks is, uh, Devin, I'm going to throw it right back at you before I answer. Who's your biggest surprise of the year for the Hawks? Well, you know, I love Joey Anderson. I think he's been playing really well for us. But honestly, uh, I think it's been Alex Vlasic. You could make an argument that he is the best defenseman on the team this year. Um, but I was just wondering, uh, who do you think? Well, I, I think he kind of stole my answer. I was going to say Alex Vlasic, too. I think he's definitely been the most consistent player. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I started what we called the Sam Lafferty Fan Club. I think you're trying to start up the Joey Anderson Fan Club, but I, I hear you. Um I honestly, I'd be okay with giving it to Nick Foligno, too. I knew, I mean, he's probably the guy that you knew what you were getting from the most heading into this year, but everything else that he's provided I think is very impressive and a little bit, um, I don't want to call it surprising, but a nice surprise, even though the coaching staff wouldn't say that. But I would agree with you and say Alex Vlasic. Okay, I got one more question then for you. With Nick Foligno, do you think that there is a chance that we bring him back for another year or two? Uh, you know, I, I was really thinking about this the other day, too, because um, obviously Felina was brought in to help fill that veteran presence. Obviously, he's doing that. Some people want to slap the C on his chest already. He's got a one year deal. Who knows what this roster is going to look like next year? But th- it's almost kind of reminded me of what. Uh, how quickly people gravitated to Max Domi last season and how much they wanted him back. And I think even that still made sense. Um, but now Nick Felino's kind of taking it to another level. I don't know how to answer that question. Devin, because uh, I have I honestly thought the same thing, and uh, it comes into play. Who do they want to be the captain? Or are they going to decide on a captain next year? Are they going to go ahead and give it to Connor Bedard, or are they going to wait another year? And if that's the case and you bring back Foligno, you know, then the question is, why don't you give him the C? So I, I think that plays maybe a part of it, but uh, no, it's a good question. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate you chiming in. You have a good one. You too. That's Devin in Payless Hills. If you'd like to join us, 312 312- 981 7200 You can call, you can text. Hawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings 5-1. We've still got sound from Joey Anderson and uh Tyler Johnson when we come back. We'll uh we'll come back with sound from Tyler Johnson after this. Blackhawks fall to the Red Wings 5-1 on the Blackhawks Post game show 720
0: WGN. Honor Bernard in the left wing corner. Bank pass out to the left point. Korczynski there. Long wrist shot blocked in front. Bernard came along and scoops the rebound. I'll go turn away. Loose puck in front. He scores Lucas Reichel. Off of a centering pass that came from behind the red wing net from Bedard. It was kind of a mix-up in front of the wing's net. Everybody was poking at the puck. but Reichel eventually grabbed it and shot it home. It's a power play goal.
1: And we're tied at one. Hawks' only goal of the night. Lucas Reichel's second of the season. After that, it was four unanswered scored by the Detroit Red Wings. Robbie Fabry. Had one in the first. Ben Sherratt in the second. JT Comfort with his second goal. That came in the second period. And then Robbie Fabry with his second goal of the night, a power play goal in the third period for the final score of 5 to 1. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show, 720 WGN. If you'd like to join us, give us a call, give us a text, 312 981 7200. From the 334 area code, why are we not addressing our goaltending struggles? Currently sitting at a starter with a 906 goals against average. Average uh, with a 9068 percentage and a goals against average at 322, and a backup with an eight eighty-two percentage and a goals against average of three seventy-eight. Uh, yes and no. Listen, Peter Mrazek hasn't been perfect lately, but really tough to knock him on a handful of these goals. Uh two of them power play goals, one being a shorthanded goal. And another one from Robbie Fabry that was just a real nice move on. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser, and then a really nice move on Peter Marazic. Uh I know Arvid Sutterbloom hasn't had the season that people have expected him to. Uh, we actually had a great conversation with Darren Pang and Troy Murray after the St. Louis loss on Sunday, and they were breaking down Sutterbloom's um, maybe just a little bit too much focus on where the shot is coming from and not his entire surroundings because that's what he was getting burned on by a lot. A uh, couple of backdoor goals and just... Um maybe just having too much focus on one direct path of where the goal could be coming from. And then it ended up being a, a sharp, quick pass that caught him off guard. Uh Peter Mrazek had a, a rough day in the Columbus game where he coughed up five goals. His numbers have been inflated, but I'm not also making excuses for Peter Mrazek. But for the most part, he's been great this year. Um It might even get to the point where the Hawks can be in a position to flip Peter Mrazek. And we've been down this road before, because a lot of people just want to see more Mrazek and less of Sutterbloom. But let's face it, this is a year for the Hawks to figure out what they have in Arvid Sutterbloom. They have high expectations for him, and now they've got a great opportunity to get him a lot of playing time. Not being the number 1 goalie, but the 1B uh, whenever Mrazic's not in between the pipes. So they give him the consistent play that he needs. They give him the time to really develop and see if he's got the chops to be an NHL goaltender. And then after this year, down the line, they they can make a decision because they do have some depth of their goaltending situation. Down in Rockford with Drew Camesso, former Team USA goalie. I mean, they got high hopes for him as well. So I, I, I don't think the Hawks' goaltending is... The reason that they're 7-14-0 right now, like Troy Murray said, the Hawks are relying on a lot of rookies defensively right now. Kevin Korchinski is a true rookie. Wyatt Kaiser is basically a rookie. Alex Vlasic and Isaac Phillips had just kind of cups of coffee in the NHL last season. So they're relying on a lot of youth defensively. It's really tough to just Knock the goaltending in games like these. Tyler Johnson talked with the media. Let's hear from the Hawks number
5: ninety. Um, you know, it starts with the PP. We can't be playing like that. It's uh, you know, it's a privilege to be out there. We're just not doing anything right now. It's pretty embarrassing and it turns the tide of the game. I mean, you see their PP, they score goals, and that's a that's a big difference. I know you guys haven't won consecutive games
4: yet this season. Is it exhausting going through? win and loss and like just the ups and downs of it
5: yeah but i personally i don't look at wins and losses too much it's more about how we play you just go back to these stupid habits of just not playing in our structure and not doing the things that um you know allowed us to win the games before it's just uh you know when you take care of the puck when you do the right things when you're all on the same page it makes the game so much easier and for whatever reason we just get away from that there's times where we're doing it i thought there was times this game where uh, we took care of the puck in the neutral zone played well in our defensive zone stops and starts and you know we uh picked the momentum up but then it's just one mistake and uh you know you have to give detroit credit they're a good team they've lost skill and um they put it in the net when you make those mistakes and that's just the nhl where are the breakdowns on the power play i mean it seemed like the entries and i mean it just it, it just seemed like different points different things where, where why do you think this is happening well, it's a little lackadaisical. I mean, when you're on the PP, you have to be moving. You have to have some speed. You have to be making those decisions quickly. And it's not holding on to the puck and trying to do something just by yourself. You have an extra guy. You have to use that to your advantage. And um, we're not doing that. And then also, I mean, yeah, you want to score goals, but you got to take care of your own net. you got to be smart with the puck, smart with where you're at. And, sometimes, uh, you know, you have to maybe give something up in order for them not to get something. You you have to be back. You have to kind of not dive for that extra puck and right now we're just taking too many chances for whatever reason and um, almost trying to force things when, you know, PP is all about
4: momentum. It's about moving the puck,
5: getting things, shots, create chances and just uh, working together.
4: We saw Connor kind of bang his stick in frustration there after one of those PPs. Does that reflect how kind of frustrated you guys all are about how the PP is well? I mean for sure I,
5: I think we all want to be better and we all want it to be perfect and you know we're all competitive and we're all trying it's just at times we need to um, you know relax and actually just kind of come together and that's the only way you get through stuff like that it's and like I said it's not one person it's all five guys on the ice and um, we all have to be working together.
4: Did you feel relaxed after you guys answered really quick after that shorthanded goal?
5: Um, I don't Think I'm ever relaxed during a game, but uh, I, I mean, I guess in a way, it's nice that we answered. But at the same time, you should never be getting off a PP and be even yeah. like that after you score a goal. So, uh, yes and no, I guess. It's a two-one game, and then they scored. You know, those two quick. Was that was that deflating? Where you know, you guys felt like you were close, and then it, the game changed so quickly. Yeah, but I, I think they created that by the way we are playing. I, I don't think. We were taking care of the puck and they took it to us. They, uh, they had a good good jump, good momentum. They're in our zone quite a bit there. And, uh, you know, we just, when things like that happen, sometimes you got to calm down, like I said, and just kind of relax and try to get, you know, back on the defensive side of the puck and then the offense comes.
1: I know everything that Tyler Johnson said kind of con- contrasts with what we've been talking about for the most part in this postgame show, but that is what you expect and what you hope to hear from. Uh, the team that just lost 5-1, to one, but kind of a weird day for the special teams, too. It was very hot and cold. I, I thought the Hawks had a couple of big kills. They almost killed off that double minor uh, in the third period, but then Fabry got it towards the end. Like Tyler Johnson said, they cough up the shorthanded goal, but they do cash in on the power play goal. Um, so at least there are some positive trends in that regard, even though... Uh, the end result wasn't what they were hoping for. We'll give Tyler Johnson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. We'll Take a break, but when we come back, we'll hear from Devin from Payless Hills' favorite guy, Joey Anderson, after the Hawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings 5-1. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN.
0: Winnipeg wins the draw. Again on the far side corner. cross pass, slightly moving in, shoots, deflected in front. They score! Cole Perfetti with the redirect to the top of the net. It's a power play goal and make it half a dozen. That's six straight for Winnipeg against Edmonton and goals on the power play against the Oilers, and the Jets lead to
1: 1-0. That is Paul Edmonds of 680CJOB, and that is also our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time the Winnipeg Jets came into tonight with a two-game losing skid where are they? There they are. 1-1 tie with the Edmonton Oilers so far. Well, it's coming down to the wire. Less than seven minutes left up in Winnipeg as they're trying to end their two-game losing skid against the Oilers. That's the Hawks' next opponent. It's on Saturday afternoon, a 2 o'clock puck drop, a 1.30 pregame show after David Hawkberg's home sweet home Chicago here on 720 WGN. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks post-game show. Let's hear from Joey Anderson after the loss.
4: How would you assess that that performance as a team? Ah, uh, kind of lackluster. I think some sloppy plays with the puck, a couple of you know segments where maybe the compete level wasn't quite where it needed to be, and um, you know that you know they got a good offensive team. They're going to take advantage of those those things, and um, you know just wasn't uh, wasn't clean enough for long enough of the game for you I mean maybe tonight was a little bit tougher but you played really well overall in these first four games up what do you think is clicked for you I just think you know what I've been playing with guys on my line that you know are playing the same way as me we're smart with the puck for the most part and um you know we have the same goals in mind going into the offensive zone we're looking to cycle pucks put pucks on that get bodies there defensively we're all above um it's you know it's very readable hockey or it's easy for us to play off each other and um you know that leads to a lot of consistency for us is there like any frustration in the locker room i know that they haven't had consecutive wins at this season i know you've you're you know you've only been here for a few games but just how do you not let that seep into you know the next game yeah i mean you can feel it i think you know what you gotta you know chew on it right now but then you you, you know we'll get good on the plane and uh you know, you got to focus on the next one. And I think, uh, you know, take some of the good that we had and, and learn from the bad. And we got to find a way to piece together a more complete 60 minute effort more consistently. Both so. you and Tyler talked about that frustration. How do you piece that 60 minutes together? What do you think needs to be done a little bit differently? Honestly, I think it's just a big mindset thing. I don't think there's a, you know, fancy way to change it. It's just guys in the room got to dig deep and you know, kind of come into the game and say, "Hey, we're going to get it done tonight." And you got to show up every day with that same mindset. And, um when you do that, you're going to give yourself more chances to win the night. That
1: it was Joey Anderson after the Hawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings 5-1. Real quick, uh, Alex Debrinkit wasn't on the score sheet tonight, but obviously the former Blackhawk always very noticeable. Uh, his number 93. I was curious why he was wearing that. He couldn't wear 12 because it's retired by Detroit, so I just googled it. Uh, pretty cool. A couple of different reasons. Apparently, he wore number 93 with the Victory Honda when he played in Plymouth. It's also the year his brother was born. And how about this? He chose number 93 because the year number 93, again, was the year his brother was born, but also marked the debut album of the influential hip hop group Wu Tang Clan and their album, Enter the Wu Tang 36 Chambers. To bring it also noted that 93 is almost 36 upside down, referencing the amp- album's impact on him. Uh, did not know that Alex Dabrinkit was that cultured. we got a few out-of-towns to get to. We'll start in Boston. One touch. Marshawn ridden off by Okochiuk. Patra with the turnover and Heinen scores! Good
0: pursuit of the puck. And San Jose coughs
1: it up. Jack Edwards of Nessun as Boston shuts out San Jose 3-0 at the TD Garden. The Bruins end a three-game losing skid. One more, and it comes from Montreal. New hook has it, stolen away. Barkov, moves with Reinhardt, two on one. Alexander Barkov shoots, he scores! Barkov snaps it home off the rush, and the Panthers are on the board first. And they went on to win 5-1 over the Montreal Canadiens. That's Steve Goldstein of Bally Sports Florida on UP's fourth annual mascot party, the Canadiens' fall 5-1. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitgo. When you start with Sitgo, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help here at the WGN Studios, our production crew of Jack Heinrich and Alan Poppy. Our engineer was the captain, Brett Jackson. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call up in Detroit. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. As the Hawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings 5-1.